up, everybody? It's time for another Ghost Cold Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with Nick from Paradise Lost. Paradise Lost's new album of City and comes out mid-May from Nuclear Blast Records. Check it out. Podcast welcomes in the great Nick from Paradise Lost. How are you, sir? Uh, very good. Nice to be here. Cheers. Thank you so much for spending some time. Uh, obviously, I'm excited to talk about the new album, Obsidian, coming out in mid-May on Nuclear Blast. But obviously, first and foremost, I just want to make sure that you, the band, your friends, your family, your allies, your compadres are all well or as well as can be under the circumstances. Yeah, everyone's fine. Yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, I mean, it's just everyone's kind of just at home and, you know, we've got the internet and we can still talk to each other. So it's, uh, yeah, everyone's fine. Yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, of course. And like, fortunately, you know, this album cycle, you know, kind of the album, a true album cycle starts well before, you know, write, record, promote, produce. You guys have put out a lot of content already for the fans, but it definitely has to be a very strange feeling like this has never happened before where you can't physically go out and play and see fans when your album is brand new. Yeah, it's, I mean, usually we would do a promotional video. I would usually fly out to sort of key cities in Europe. And uh, I mean, usually, obviously, with American interviews, it's usually, uh, you know, through Skype or whatever. But yeah, I mean, there's usually a lot more kind of, you know, physical uh, promotion. You know, we travel around and yeah, so that aspect hasn't happened. Uh, I've probably done more than ever before, though, purely because I'm kind of at home. So uh, you know, via Skype or whatever. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we've still been the last three weeks. It's been full on really, to be honest. I mean, Greg and myself haven't really stopped for the last three weeks. Well, uh, good to have the interest there. And I appreciate having the time to chat with you and, and learn about this record. And we will chat about this record. Uh, what a phenomenal record. I kind of felt like Medusa was going to be hard to top for me, uh, because it's like r- dialed right into my, uh, sort of a funny bone for music, but, Obsidian, this is a really expansive, glorious album, man. Like, uh, really, it seems like you put a lot of layers on it and a lot of uh, thought went into it before even writing it. That's just, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, each, you know, we, we the last album is a reference point of where we're going to go from there, really. Uh, so the last album was a very specific Doom Death Metal album. We just wanted to make this make this one a little bit more varied. Um, you know, each song's pretty different to the one before it, and um, yeah, it was just kind of obviously the first song we wrote was Fall from Grace, which is is reminiscent of the pre- the previous album. Uh, but then after that, we kind of started to shake things up a little bit. I think by the time we'd written the third song, so uh, yeah, I mean, it's just again, it's just breadcrumbs going from the last time to this one, and, and you know, we don't tend to look back over the last 32 years or whatever it is and think, okay, where were the good points, the bad points, whatever. We don't really think like that. It's just a case of keep moving forward and keep trying to do your best thing you possibly can, you know? That's really refreshing because a lot of bands would like to have you forget certain records they wish they could take back. And uh, I like hearing that you embrace everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's each, each album we've, we've released was the best output we could have done at the time, you know, um, for, for, you know, if certain albums that people don't like or... I, I can't, you know, I can't look at albums and think, oh, we shouldn't have done that because we, we you know, whatever you put out, it's just part of you, you know. So, uh, so yeah, you mean you make mistakes in all every aspect of life. <laughs> so I mean, it's not, you know, it doesn't mean it's going to be any different in your professional life either. So, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think like that at all, really, you know. Nice. 
uh, I hear there's so much stuff going on on this record, and it is incre- it is incredibly heavy for anybody concerned. They shouldn't be uh, if you heard the first songs and you've heard you, once you get to hear this record, it's really a journey. But what I really love about this record is sort of a lot of uh, there's like a lot of little things I listened to a second time and picked up on, like backing vocals and string arrangements and. There's even like some really fine harmony work. Um, I'm not sure if it's you harmonizing with yourself or other other members, but it's great. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, nice, mate. Yeah, I did all that. Yeah, I mean, it's you can you kind of overcook things, but I mean, you know, if it, if it adds to it, then why not do it? You know, I mean, it's certainly. I think of orchestration sometimes. Sometimes less is more. You know. Um, um, it's easy to overdo it, and especially when you've got the technology available, particularly through you know recording digital, etc. Um, and using DAWs to write everything, you can kind of go mad with things. So it's sometimes it's uh, you know if it's beneficial for it, then then it's it's worth it's worth using it. You know, indeed, that's the the beauty of all these things. It's uh, when they work, they work splendidly, and when they don't, it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. So. Uh, I do also want to call out. Um, there's there's a couple of tracks on there that really uh, set me back and uh, kind of took me back to almost not quite the you know sort of industrial era but like a really cool post punk vibe like almost the fall or killing joke and I know you guys are all big fans of that stuff going way back but it's definitely in there and I was like wow this is an incredible moment to sort of you know bring this influence in. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, we're, we're sort of, I mean, we're an old band. I mean, the, the, you know, bands like Killing Joe were always kind of around, uh, you know, that sort of thing was always around. And, uh, you know, as, as we were growing up as teenagers and, you know, a, a lot of the the bands from the 80s have definitely, you know, had some impact on us, um, even if we weren't necessarily into them at the time. You know, there's certain songs and bands that you just couldn't avoid it in those, in the, in the sort of late 80s. Uh, some are, you know, I still think it's probably one of the best decades for music ever, really. You know, uh, the eighties, really. Uh, that's in hindsight, because when in the in the eighties, I was kind of a, a kind of death metal guy, and I was not interested in anything but death metal. But you know, looking back, there were some some great songs, great bands around. You know, indeed, I feel like death metal is that genre. Like once you get in, it's very hard to then step back from it. Yeah, I mean, you can you can put it on the shelf for a few years, but you probably take it off again at some point. I mean, everyone I know that's been into it sort of heavily, they always get back into it again, you know, even if you take a little break from it for a while. I mean, when we started the band, after about three or four years, we did realize there was actually other sorts of music that was actually really good as well, you know. But uh, I think as a young teenager, it was so such a and it was the first wave of death metal as well so it was such an extreme thing that it was just so cool you know I think the first wave of bands and, and still I still think the first wave of bands are still the best bands in my opinion you know but I mean I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bound to say that I guess for sure yeah the OSDM stuff is still the classics and uh, the greats of the genre that a lot of them never had a bad moment really except you know later on yeah I mean like I say it's, uh, even the black you know the original classes you know the original sort of wave of black metal when that started i still think Bathory is the best out of all those bands you know even the new bands so there's a lot of good bands for sure um but i still think the original is the best you know nice uh another thing that struck me about obsidian uh beside the amazing lyrical stuff uh there's a lot of you know i know some of the records are a little more you know personal and pointed but this record seems a little more um 
philosophical, uh, I think as, as you guys, uh, continue along on your journeys as artists, I think you, and you personally, I feel like a lot of philosophy is, is winding into these songs. Am I, am I reaching or is that about right? Um, I mean, it's possible. I mean, I, I tend to look at things in sort of, I tend to write lyrics in three year increments. So, and I'm a little bit older each time I write. So I, you know, I, I mean, I've got like hindsight and I can, I can understand consequence now, whereas when I first started writing, I didn't. Uh, well, when I was a teenager, I didn't care about anything that I did. I, I didn't. I acted like there was no tomorrow, you know. Or anything I did would have a knock-on effect in the future and come back and bite me, you know. Um, so I mean, I guess uh, been at this stage in my life, I, I certainly, you know, whatever I do, I think, hang on a minute, how is this going to affect me down the line, you know? So, <laughs> so I guess that's just something that, that comes with getting older, I suppose. Cool. I love hearing that uh, writing in increments. I think it uh, was uh, Allen Ginsberg talked about his decades, right? Every decade he like approached things like, well, I'm obviously a new man every few years and I'm a new person every 10 years. So maybe that's his sort of, that was his. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah I mean, you, you do, I mean, you do change, you know, it's, uh, I didn't feel like I was an adult till I was about 30, to be honest. Uh, I still felt like I was a teenager. Till, I mean, but now, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, you do change. It's whether you like it or not, you get kind of knocks as you go along and uh, they, they do influence you even if it's kind of subconsciously, you know. Right. Plus, when we're younger, every young person thinks they've already reached the age of reason until they feel they haven't. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, when I was 18, I thought, well, that's it. I'm an adult now. But I mean, I certainly wasn't, you know, it was, it was just a, definitely like a, like a 13-year-old, really. <laughs> I hear you. Um uh, also for Obsidian, uh, very tight songs, except for the Devil Embraced, which is a little more spread out and uh, orchestrated. I feel like these songs have like there's no fat on them, no extra choruses, no extra just like here's the song, get to the point, develop an idea, and get out. And I think that's uh, compared to Medusa, I think that's a real change. Yeah, it was more of a, like, like I said, Medusa was a very much a specific Doom Death album, and you know. Re- like I said, going to go into another chorus and, and it's like, you know, pretty much how we may have written years ago. Uh, but with this one, it's very, uh, like you say, it's very snappy. I mean, we've yeah, trimmed up all the fat. Uh, that's a good expression. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, we spend a lot of time writing them. I mean, and we don't, we're not about to write many, many, many songs and pick, uh, then cherry pick for the album. We tend to just write songs. And if we don't like the song, we scrap it, you know? And so we just write the collection of songs that's on the album. And that's all we do, you know, and anything else just on the, ends up on the, on the cutting room floor, so to speak, you know. I think that's a sentiment Greg has echoed with me in another interview uh, not too long ago, whereas he's like, I write everything brand new every time. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, but I mean, sometimes there's riffs appear that we, that may have been sh- uh, shelved like 20 years ago. I think on the last album, I can't remember which song it is, but there's a, there's a riff on a song that we use. I think we used it on one of the demos or it was, which is kind of going back a long time. It was like 1989 or something. I think the riff was from, um, oh, it was, I think it was from the gallows. I think it was. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, this, you know, if, if you sometimes stuff can come back, you think, hang on a minute, this is actually pretty good, you know, but, uh, yeah, we, t- we tend to write, you know, uh, on point, so to speak. Surely. Uh, I have the promo version with the bonus tracks, but I do have to say that Raven Gast is one of my favorites, and it does feel like an album-ending track. Um, but I do like the bonus material, and it's kind of take also takes me back a little bit to that era when, you know, here in the U.S., we wouldn't get certain tracks. They would go to just to Europe or just to Japan. So uh, were those songs also written at the same time as the rest of Obsidian? Yeah, we wrote everything together. I, I don't... Th- 
if you sort of think, if you go into a rhyme process where you think, okay, well, this is a B-side or this is an extra song, it's kind of a negative approach from, from when you start. I don't like, you know, we, we tend to write just a bunch of songs and then, um, you know, we'll write the album and then we'll write maybe around an hour's worth of material. And then uh, we just see how the songs go together. And we always work in a very much like an A-side and a B-side, like vinyl, the vinyl days, because we still think like that because we're old men. So, um, And as, is, as the songs run into each other, the, the album as it is, we just thought that was, per, was a perfect kind of combination. And the extra songs, they just happened to, you know, for whatever reason, they just didn't, we felt they, they didn't need to be on the album, you know. So, But also... You know, now everyone can hear everything you do anyway. It's not like you've, you've got to get a Japanese import or, you know, export or whatever. So it's, you know, everyone's going to hear everything anywhere, really. That's really the underrated element of the streaming era, right? We have the abundance of everything now in a good way in that regard. Yeah, although I think you're the only person that's heard those extra songs. Everyone I speak to them heard them yet. So. Oh, no. Well, lucky me. Uh, and yeah. th- thank you, Nuclear Blast and uh, the PR. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Uh, I yeah. feel really lucky then. Because they're great tracks. Cool. I do like Raven Gast. And actually, probably my second favorite song is Hope Dies Young. I think that's just the – I don't know why those later album tracks are hitting me extra hard. I've definitely listened to those a bunch extra. But uh, really great tracks. Very, again, very to the point and poignant, uh, which I cool. always love about the band. Right, right. So, uh, you know, uh, the 35 years as a band and, you know, six, 16 albums. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, pretty – you know, a pretty great achievements. You've already done the kind of look back and do the anniversary tours and things like that. Um, but I feel like at this point, you guys are just getting better and better and not, you know, thankfully not worse like some bands. <laughs> but do you think about well, that I mean, often? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's when you when you record an album, when you write the, an album and record it and then you tour it, the, the whole cycle is kind of three or four years. And uh before you know it, you know, you, be, you it, the time just absolutely flies by. And particularly the last 10 years, I just, I just don't know where it's gone. I mean, it's, it's madness. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess the, the whole kind of cycle of, of writing, releasing, touring, it, it, it just snaps by so fast, you know. And, and if, you know, we don't really let the grass grow under our feet either. I think I don't want to, you know, none of us want to kind of become com- complacent about anything or... You know, I think I think you take so much time off. It's it's not always productive to do that. So we always like to keep busy. And uh, yeah, I mean, particularly the last sort of five five years, I just don't I don't know where it's gone. It's madness, you know. Time is definitely ticking forward, and uh, I think technology is making us miss out on things. But uh, you guys seem to fit it all in. Uh, hopefully, you have enough time to live in between projects. Um, you know, that's a concern probably for some yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's you know we have quite a lot of time off anyway. I mean, you know, when we're not touring, all right, and then we we do spend a lot of time at home. You know, um, so uh, yeah, it's it's we we kind of we don't tend to do the kind of really long tours like we used to do, like seven or eight weeks anymore. We're trying to kind of cut them in half or split the touring, and just so it's a bit sort of easier, easier, you know. So, but I mean, you know, we got like missing home. You know, we got all. Skype and everything, you know, so it's not like it used to be where you had to walk three miles to a telephone box, do a collect call and things like that, you know. What a relief. <laughs> um, yeah. It's 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 pretty interesting to me that uh, both you and the other guys in the band are able to fit in your side projects. And yet these, you know, these PL albums are so they've been so great lately. Uh, so it seems like your side projects are giving you something else. Then you come back to the, the house, the main band and. You know, you're not uh, at a loss or you haven't lost anything, you know, in the process. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's spread out over a certain, you know, over quite a long time as well. You know, it's like if I'm working with on on material with Bloodbath or Greg's doing other stuff. You know, it's you know, it's not all all at the same time really. Usually, plus, I mean, and as the the biggest potential hiccup would probably probably be doing concerts. But I mean, we're all in the same management, so that doesn't coincide. So we're lucky in that respect. I think if bands had different managements, that would create problems with the kind of overlapping with gigs, etc. But you know, we're all under the same umbrella really so so that works quite well right uh any thought to uh perhaps a live streaming event or anything like that have you guys worked that out already um for release day no i mean well well i mean we 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 would do it we would have to i mean uh we would have to rehearse so we would have to actually be able to see each other so uh plus our drummers in uh Helsinki so we would actually have to meet up and rehearse to, to do it I mean I'd, I'd, I'd be up for doing it in like in a kind of studio setting um, you know like a, like a, almost like a concert a live sort of concert I, I think that's quite you know but uh, we haven't discussed kind of playing in our pyjamas in our bedrooms like I see a lot of bands doing we haven't kind of discussed that option yet so right slippers and robes <laughs> yeah I, don't, I, I can't see us doing that really but uh but um, you know i mean if we can't get out to gig then we will definitely look at you know doing like a studio type thing um so we'll we'll see what happens hopefully we can get out there and do gigs again but it just depends how long it's going to be you know yeah i have a gut feeling that europe is going to open up a lot sooner than the rest of the world especially here in the states so i wish you all luck on that front um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's. I think it's the the, the social thing is starting to ease off a little bit, but I, it's, it's the kind of mass gatherings that's going to be a problem for a long time. So I think people uh, in the music business and the th- you know theatre industry is going to really suffer for quite a while yet. Uh, you know, people going back to work, etc., will probably be fine, but um, we'll we'll see. But like I say, everyone's just everyone's kind of second guessing everything, but no one really knows what's going to happen yet. So we'll see. Right on. Uh, just as we wind this down, I want to be conscious and give you back your day. But uh, uh, I I know we have already kind of touched on a little bit of nostalgia, but I do have to point out that the uh, 20th anniversary of Lost Paradise was a few months ago. And I obviously didn't you know get a lot of love or attention because Obsidian was on the way. But that's a record that I always felt was very underrated to me. And I wanted to know if you had any personal recollections of that time in the band and that album. Uh, yeah, I can remember. You know, recording it was. Uh, I, I I would say we were probably a little bit naive going into recording. It was the first album we'd ever done. We were very very sort of wet behind the ears. I mean, in, in many respects, I always think of as gothic as the first sort of album. Um, but uh, yeah, but like I said at the, at the top of the conversation, you know, it, it, it was that's how we were when we were kids. You know, that's how we sounded. So uh, you know. I can listen to it now and I don't cringe with that. It's fine, you know, it's just, that's how we, we sounded. I mean, I've got the kind of, the teenage death metal voice on there, which kind of makes me smile. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's part of the band's past, you know, and uh, yeah, it is what it is, I guess, you know. Uh, I think Lex, Lester Bangs used to say that bands that named songs after themselves or named themselves after a song they wrote usually were terrible, but the Paradise Lost track, uh, and the band still stand up, as well as Lost Paradise, the instrumental. So I'm happy about that personally. <laughs> yeah, all, all this, yeah, and also sometimes you can't think of a title as well. That's another reason why bands can often do that as well. So totally true. And then just for a last question, I always like to end on like a fun wild card question, which is from your youth before you ever you know began to make music. Was there an album that you heard or a song you heard that like was the aha moment that changed your life? Probably, um, let me think. Probably, I surrender by Rimbo. I, I think 
because I remember it was in the, the kind of pop charts in the UK. And uh, I just, that kind of got me into rock music, really. And then it kind of escalated from there. But yeah, the very early, the, the Rainbow, the Jolene Turner stuff, I think. Uh, then the Graham Bonnet stuff as well. Like, all night long, I think the song. And then I heard Motorhead and then, it was definitely, you know, it was it was it was done and dusted once they had motorheads, you know. So I think, uh, yeah, like Ace of Spades, another, yeah, another kind of classic moment, which was like, wow, this is an incredible song, you know. So, uh, so yeah, the sort of stuff around the late seventies, early eighties, you know. But uh, yeah, I think it was a Jolene Turner, the um, I Surrender was the one. Well done, Nick. Thank you so much for spending <laughs> some time with me. It's always a pleasure and an honor to speak to you. Congrats on Obsidian coming out in mid-May from Nuclear Blast Records. And I'm sure we'll get you back on a stage and a mic in your hand and a beer. And we'll I hope to see you on this on the state side eventually again too. Yeah, cheers, man. No, thanks a lot. It's good to speak to you. And uh, yeah, like, you know, hopefully we can get over there as, as soon as possible, you know. So fingers crossed. And uh, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. Good to chat to you. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.